All right. Um, big portion of scripture this morning. I always like to give you guys the full context. And so bear with me as we read through the whole entire chapter. It's God's word. It's why you're here. So it'll be fine. Let's pray over this message. Father God, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and that it's active and that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, we pray today that you would use this word to change us, to challenge us, and to convict us. Father, as, as I've spent time working on this message this week, Lord, Father, I pray that you would use this broken vessel, God. Make it make sense. Make it come out. Let it be to your glory. Let it change people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Samuel chapter 7. Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside of tent curtains. Then Nathan said to the king, go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt, even to this day, but have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following my sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel, and I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the, uh, are on the earth, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them, and they may, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously, since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. Also, Lord tells you that he will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and, you're re- and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom." He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of man and with the blows of the son of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him. As I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you, and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision. So Nathan spoke to David. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And yet this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord God, and you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Now what more can David say to you? For you, Lord God, know your servant, for your word's sake and according to your own heart. You have done all these great things to make your servant know them. Therefore you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, nor is there any God beside you, according to all we have heard with our ears. And who is like your people, like Israel, the one nation on the earth, whom God went to redeem for himself as people, to make for himself a name, and to do for yourself great and awesome deeds for your land before your people, whom you redeemed from yourself, from Egypt, the nations and their gods. For you have made your people Israel, your very own people forever, and you, O Lord, have become their God. Now, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, establish it forever. 
and do as you have said. So let your name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel, and let the Lord establish, and let the house of your servant David be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, uh, Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found it in his heart to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this goodness to your servant. Now, therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. For you, O Lord God, have spoken it, and with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. Amen. Amen. So the, the story is, is pretty easy to, to, to grasp. A long story in the book, short story, pretty easy. David wants to build God a house. He's sitting in his own house and says, God lives in a tent. I want to build God a tent. Goes to Nathan and says, hey, I want to build God a house. Nathan goes, hey, if it's in your heart, go and do it. It'd be fine. And then Nathan goes, wait, hold on. I just got a word from the Lord. Lord says, no, you're not going to build this house. God's got a different plan. He wants to build you a house. And, and when he builds the house, it's going to be a bigger house and a greater house. It's going to endure forever and your line and everything is going to go and it's going to be fantastic. And so David goes, okay, if that's what God's plan is, I'll go jump on board with that. And so the whole second half of the chapter is him saying to God, you know what, God, if that's your plan, I'm on board. I'll do whatever it is that you ask because I'm in. Whatever it is that you have of me, I'm in. The, the, the whole crux of the story is found in, in uh, uh, verse 23. And it says, And who is like your people, like Israel, the one nation on the earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a people to make for himself a name? To make for himself a name. That's really the whole point of this story. And honestly, it's the whole point of this Christian walk. As Christians and and within this book, uh, not just the book, the, the Bible, the whole point of it is, is that God wants us to make a name for him, not for ourselves. The whole point is to name, make his name great. The whole point is for his name to be elevated over all the earth. It's not for us to make a name for ourselves, for us to be about ourselves or to live for ourselves. It's so that we could live for him and make his name great. Whom God went to redeem for himself as a people to make for himself a name. <clears throat> so how we're going to walk through this this morning is pretty simple. We're going to be talking a lot about God's plans. We're going to talk about how David had a plan. And it got shut down, how God had a plan, and David jumped on board. And then how do you respond when God realigns your plans? I want you to understand this morning that for some of you, this message is prophetic. Because some of you, I know that you have been walking through some things in your life, and you have been asking God to direct your paths. You've been asking God to speak to you. And, and so I pray this morning that as we walk through these few moments together, that you would hear the word of the Lord speaking directly to you. Would you believe this morning that God has you here specifically today for this message? Would you believe this morning that you're not just here by accident? You, you could have chose to be anywhere else, but you chose to be here this morning. And so I pray that this message will speak directly to your heart. It, to, to make himself a name, for, you, for, for us to be used by God and be able to glorify him, we have to want to honor God. Yeah. That's the beginning of it. You have to want to honor God. And, and this was the heart of David. We've been talking a lot about David because we've been in First and Second Samuel, and we'll continue to talk about David per, for many months until we finish Second Samuel. I don't know when we'll finish it. 
But what David was trying to do is, is that he wanted to honor God. He had a plan and his plan was very simple. I want to build God a house. I want to build him a temple. And, and, and I just want to do it because I'm looking at my life and what I have. And I can't uh, realize how great I have it. And so the natural response for me is, I want to do something great for God. God's living in a tent. He's been there for hundreds of years. So now I'm going to give him a permanent house where he can reside. Now it's a great plan, right? Why, why would it not make sense for David to be able to do this for the Lord? He says, see now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside of tent curtains. Then Nathan said to the king, go and do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. And that's what was in the heart of David. He just wanted to build him a house. And, and uh, uh, David's plan was a solid, godly plan. God even said to him, uh, to David, he said, would you build a house for me to dwell in? God was like even kind of surprised. He was like, you, you, want, you want to do this for me? Man, that's, that's awesome, David. Thank you. And, and this, this house that he wanted to build him uh, just made sense because it was going to bring glory to God's name. It was going to establish his name over Israel. It was going to lift up the name of Yahweh over all the land. And it was a response from David to God for what God had done for him. And so he wanted to give him a place to honor him. He wanted to spread his name over all of the earth. Uh, th- this is why there's so much value in reading the book of Psalms, understanding the life of David, is that we can see why the, the Bible writers call David a man after God's own heart. It says in Psalm 27, 4, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I, may, uh, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Uh, David said in in Psalm 69, 9, he said, because zeal for your house has eaten me up and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. It's really hard for some people to understand the zeal of somebody who's been smitten with the love of God. But this was, this was David. David was so overwhelmed with what God had done for him that he wanted his whole life to honor him. He wanted everything that he did to bring glory to God's name. And again, we understand David's life is not perfect. In the coming weeks, we're going to be seeing some stuff that he does wrong. But, but at the core, at the core of what he really wanted to do is he wanted to bring honor to God. This is why he's called a man after God's own heart. This is also why you cannot simultaneously promote God and yourself at the same time. It's his name. It's, it's, it's not our name. God, God did not save you, deliver you, and set you free so that your name would be great. It would so that his name would be great. It's, it's, it's a humbling, sobering thing to hear this for many people that think life is all about them. And, and, and modern day uh, uh, proponents of, of churchianity will promote this idea of, uh, of making it all about you because they know that people are inherently selfish. And so if, if what you're selling is, hey, it's all about you anyway, and God is all about you, and it's all about you in the first place, that responds to the human flesh. It responds to a selfish heart that says, well, it already was about me before I became a Christian, and now I've become a Christian, and it can be even more about me? Sign me up. I'm excited about that. But that's not the story of our faith at all. Does honoring and blessing God come to your mind? Do you want to make him a name or make for yourself a name? I was with some pastors this week and, and uh, some of the pastors from Auburn. I was hanging out with uh, 
Jesse Bradley and Chris Stone and uh, 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 not Chris Stone. I always say Chris Stone. It's Chris Knight, not Chris Stone. It's Chris Knight from Stone Church. Stone Church. We call it FEC North. Uh, great guys up there. It's a joke that we have. And so, and so we were going around and we were asking each other, like, why do you do what you do? And, and, I, and I, what, my answer was very simple. They all shared with what they did. I said, I want my church to be a place where I get people to fully submit to God in every area of their life and live for him 24-7, 365. That's it. That's all I'm trying to do. And, and so when you're, when you're sitting in church and you wonder and you say things about me behind my back and you're wondering like, what is this guy doing? That's it. That, that's it. That's, that's all I'm trying to do. I, I'm doing everything that I can with my life and my ministry to try to get you to fully submit to God in every area of your life and live for him 24-7, 365. I, I want you to be so on fire for Jesus that there's not a moment of your day that passes by that you forget who you are and whose you are. I want you to, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you look at your alarm clock and it's 3 a.m., you don't have to get up till 5, you say, praise the Lord, and then you go back to bed. Because you're so, you guys have those moments? Oh, it's the best moment. When, when you think it's time to get up and then you look at that one eye and you see that, you go, praise the Lord, I'm so thankful for you, Jesus. Just kind of snuggle back down in there, go back to sleep. See, for people to fully follow the Lord every day, they, they, they have to remember that it's for Him and it's not for them. Yeah. You know, one of the sobering things that happened in my life a few years ago, and, and, and I can't lie, man, I got to tell you guys the truth. Every pastor that starts out wants to be the next Billy Graham. Like, no pastor's like, oh, I want to be as small and unknown as possible. They're just like, you know what, they're going to name stadiums after me. Like, but, but there's this point in your ministry where, you, where God really asks you, He says, who's this about in the first place? You know, and, and I remember years ago, years ago uh, on, on Facebook, I saw a post and it said, uh, preach the word, die, be forgotten. And I was like, dang it. I want to preach the word, die and be remembered. I want people like, man, remember that preacher guy? But that's not what it's about. Like, who cares if people remember me? I'm, I'm going to be forgotten. I'm just holding the torch of Jesus until he returns. Who am I, man? I'm a, I'm a broken vessel. I'm a cracked pot. I, I, I'm just willing and obedient to be used by God so that other people can get to know Him, to know His name, so that His name would be lifted high. Amen? You want to follow Him all day, every day. You'll start your day with Psalm 143. It caused me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you. You'll start your day with, how can I make a name for you today? How can I do something for you today? And, and, and following God is an interesting proposition in that, you know, we, I've been encouraging the men of the church that we would read our Bibles every single day. Um, I think it's a good exercise for us to start our days off with reading the Word of God. Um, again, I'm texting the men of the church daily a scripture. If you're not on that list, please let me know. I'd love to add you. But, but you have work to do. You know what I mean? Like once, once you read your Bible, you can't just walk around with your Bible all day and, and, you know, be driving and reading and, oh, I just want to hear from you, Lord, while I'm driving. Like it, it just doesn't work that way, right? You, you got to go to a job with people and you've got knobs to turn and papers to push and people to talk to. Like, and, and you can't be like, hold on, let's read in God's holy word what we should do with these engineering plans. Like you, you, it just doesn't work that way. 
But you can live with a full-blown awareness of whose you are and who you are. You you can make your deliveries as unto the Lord. You can do your medical stuff as unto the Lord. You can teach as unto the Lord. That you can have a full awareness when you speak to your employees and employers. And you speak to your friends and your neighbors. I am a Christian. My job is to honor God. My job is to lift up His name. It doesn't matter what my plans are. It matters what His plans are. The question is, whose life is it and who are you living it for? Because if it's for him, you'll honor him. I've had many jobs in my life. I, I, I did a lot of custodial work when I was in high school and college. Uh, it's pretty humbling to uh, uh, clean up after college people um, in the dorms. I was in the army for many years and uh, I was in sales for many years. And, and, and I, I uh, most of our jobs, I don't know who has a job that doesn't require production. Like, I don't know, and for millennials, maybe, that, that, that they're wondering where those jobs are at. But, um, sorry. Was that bad? Was that a cut? Dang it. That wasn't in my notes. That was the Holy Spirit. Um, but but every, every job requires production. Right? If you're paid to do a job, you do your job. I, I remember I had a commander in the army and she would come around at the end of the day and she would say, what did you do for the army today? And I used to get kind of upset. I'm like, I'm, I'm wearing this pickle suit. What else do you need from me, man? I'm in the army. But she was like, no, it's more than that. It's more, about, it's more than just wearing the suit. Like You're being paid by the taxpayers to do something for the army. What did you do for the army today? And living for God, it's not about... And I'm not trying to make it into workspace as much as I'm just saying, like, if you are his and he is yours, like, who did you live for today? Did you live for yourself or did you live for him? First Corinthians 1031, therefore, whatever you drink and whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. This should be our mindset all day, every day. We should want to bring glory to our God. And it's not just worship, giving and service. It's the day in and day out. It's how we love people and serve people. We do it all for him. The stuff that nobody knows about, yeah. right? No, nobody follows you around and sees how you, che- how you treat those checkout people. Right. Nobody sees. Um, I, I've seen the way that some people treat, treat people that they think that don't deserve their respect. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. To make his name great, you have to want to honor him. It's got, it's got to be in your heart to say, I want to honor you, Lord, with my life, with my mouth, with my deeds, with my decisions. I want to honor you. And that was the heart that David had to make his, make his name great. Now, secondly, God has a plan to make his name great. God has a plan. And this is, this is the, we're walking through this story. The first part, David says, I want to build you a house. I want to make you, uh, make your name great. And God says, you know what? I, I, I know you have a plan. I know it's good, but it's not your plan that we're going to do here. It's going to be my plan. David had a plan to honor God by building a house, but God had a different plan. I want to build you a house. It's going to be better. Your son is going to build it. You're, you're going to have a dynasty. Your name's going to be great. Uh, there's going to be a kingdom that's going to reign forever if you just go with my plan instead of your plan. Now, David may not have understood it, but it was a better plan than David's plan. David's plan was simple. I want to build you a house to honor you. God's plan was a little bit more complex where he says, you know what? What we're going to do is we're just going to wait on the house building part. I'm finding a tent. I never asked for you to build me a house of cedar. 
we will get to the house part, but what we're going to do is we're going to have your son build me the house. That's what he says. And then he goes on to say, and then on top of that, we're going to begin to build you a dynasty where we're going to actually have an ultimate king who's going to be my son. And then that king is actually going to create his kingdom that's going to rule not just over Israel, but rule over all the earth for all eternity. And, and that plan was a plan that David couldn't see at that moment, right? Obviously, he's talking about Jesus. You read in the book of Hebrews, where in the book of Hebrews, it talks about and it says, to whom else has he said, he will be my son and I will be his father. He was talking about Jesus. He was talking about how God said, I'm going to create a kingdom that you will not even live to see, but Jesus was the seed of David. Jesus sat on the throne of David. Jesus was the ultimate king, the ultimate Messiah, the ultimate savior, which at the time, David could not understand. In his, in his mind, he says, well, I've got a great plan to honor you. And God says, good plan, my plan, better plan. Let's go with my plan. You, you can't see what I'm working. You can't see my ultimate plan. I'll give you a piece of it. I'll see a little bit of what you need to know. But what I need you to do is to understand that my plan supersedes your plan. Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 19, 21, some of you men probably heard this this morning through a text message. There are many plans in a man's heart, nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. David had plans in his heart, but the Lord directed the ways and the steps of them. David wanted to do the right thing. He saw what he had. He wanted to give God his best, but God didn't require it of him. God knew that through his plan, more people would be blessed. Solomon would build the temple, and through Jesus Christ, the bloodline of David would endure forever, but it was to make him a great name. Like our, the, our, our name is not Davidians. We're not Solomonians. That's not who we are. We are Christians. And it's, and it's to make his name great. And, and, and David didn't understand that at the time, but God had a plan where he said, you know what? We're going to go to a place in history where we're going to have a billion people that are going to be known by my name. They're going to be known as followers of Yahweh, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that his name, Jesus, would be lifted up over all the earth, that his name would be made great. Amen? Friend, we are the bloodline of David, and this story applies to us. This this blessing that, that God bestows upon David of stopping his plans and coming up with his own plan, if David's plan was implemented, I don't know how or when the plan of getting the blessings to us would have come but I sure am glad that it came. Amen? Amen. I sure am glad that I'm of the bloodline of David. I sure am glad that thousands of years ago, God designed and saw and and decreed and redirected David in such a way to say, you know what, one day I'm going to bless so many people through you, but I need you to not do your plan. I need you to do my plan. What does it mean to you? How do you respond when God stops your plans and institutes his plan? Huh? How's that work for you? Because we all got lots of good plans. One of the jokes we always say, is that a good plan or is that a God plan? A lot of times God plans, man, on paper, they make sense. God, we're doing this for you and we're going to worship you and we're going to lead people to you and we're going to lift up your name, God. We want to do this for you. And God goes, that's a good plan. It's good, but no, 
We're not doing that plan. Do my plan. And then we see how we respond when God stops our plan. Are you willing to shut down your plan and be redirected for God and His glory? Is, is your life that submitted that you want to make a great name for him? That you would say, God, I, my, my, my plan was only in the first place to, to make a great name for you. And so whatever it is that you want for me, God, I will make you a great name. Yeah. Or do you say, do you know what, God? I don't like your plan. I've got a better idea. I've got a better plan. Why don't you give the reins back to me and I'll show you what a, what a person like me can do with my own plans. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Folks, your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You, your, your whole life, and this is really hard for people to grasp with their brains. When you give your life to Christ, you no longer lay hold of anything in your life. Yeah. It's all up for discussion, man. Yeah. Your, your plans are no longer, like, it's good, but it's not like, it's not what, God, what, what you want, it's what God wants. You know, it was funny this week, and, 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 and I forgot about this, I should have put it in my notes, Lord, just remembering this. I was reading this book, and I won't tell you the title, um, but I was starting to read this book because I read, uh, I can read, um, you guys should have been like, oh, he can read, um, and, and so I started reading this book and I came to the realization, if you guys want to know what I'm doing, I'm turning on the air conditioning because I'm roasting. Shut your mouths, quit breathing. Um, gosh, I can't even handle this today. It's like 700 degrees in here. And so uh, can the anointing still flow without the jacket? We'll see. All right. And so I, I, uh, I couldn't even think because I'm on fire. And... <laughs> So I, I bought this book. I started reading this book. And um, in the book, it, it was really like say, talking about how, how you can find happiness in the Lord and, and, and grow spiritually. And, and so I thought like, you know, hey, this sounds like a solid book. I want to I do this. And so as I began to walk through the book, it, it became very clear that this author's presupposition was is that you had not that that the reader had not experienced the fullness of life uh, uh, because it, they were not following what they wanted to do with their life, and and we me and Crystal were at the gym and we were sitting on the bike and we were reading and I was reading it I was just kind of like what is this guy talking about because because his presupposition was if you live for yourself. Uh, and, and, and not for the Lord, God has given you plans and desires inside of your heart. And if you would follow those, you would find more happiness than if, than if you would, you know, be restricted by Christianity. And he was a Christian author. And I began to tell Crystal about this book. She stayed on the bike much longer than I did. And, but, but I stood there and I was talking to her and I said, and, and I, and I said, man, I, I don't even want to finish this book. I was only in two chapters in. I was like, this thing is trash. And literally right then in the gym, I went bunk and I threw it in the garbage can because I was like, I don't even want anybody else to read that trash. Dude, happiness is not found in finding your own plan. That's just, that's not where it's found at all. It's like happiness is found in finding God's plan. 
what he wants for you, what he designs for you. Isaiah 58, 11 says, the Lord will guide you continually. And when you are walking with the Lord, you have to believe that your plans are up for discussion. He is the final say in what you will do and whether it will be accomplished or not. Isaiah 30, 21 says, your ears will hear a word uh, behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, friend, whatever his plans may be, you have to trust. You have to understand that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, that God is going to direct your paths. There, there, there's only a limit to what we can do. There's, there's always a point at which God has to do what he's going to do. You can apply for the job, but you can't decide whether or not you get the job. You can go to the doctor and you can take the pills. You can have the surgery, but it's up to God whether or not you're going to make it or not. You, you can go out on a date and, and, and maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. Married people don't say amen to that one. And, and, but it's up to God whether or not it's going to work. You, it's all got to be on the table. Like, God, what do you have for me? And where do you want me to go? And how do you want me to live? And should I spend it? And should I buy it? And should I go there? And should I be with them? And should I do this thing? Like all of that has to be up for discussion because it's his plan. It's all his plan. The Bible says in John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Now, David had his plan. He wanted to serve the Lord by building his temple. God had his plan. I want you to not do that. I'm going to do something else. And then here's the third part of this story. You have to submit to God's plan. It's not, it's not just enough that you have a plan, God has a plan. You can't walk away and say, well, God, that's your plan, but that wasn't my plan, so I'm out. Like, whatever it is that you're going to do, I'll stand back and watch. No, David said, all right, God, if, this, if you're stopping my plan, you're going to your plan, I'm submitting to your plan. I'm on board, whatever it is that you want. David wasn't disgruntled about the fact that his plan got tabled. He trusted God. David said, I accept your plan. You know better. That's what his heart says in the second half of this chapter. This is why we we have to go through the whole chapter today because in my Bible it says David's thanksgiving to God. That's what the, the title of the last part is, David's thanksgiving to God. And if you were walking with God and you knew it, when God shuts down your plan and gives you his plan, you should be thankful as well. Man, praise God, I didn't have to do that. I mean, it's actually a, a moment of grace that David's like, I want to build you this great big house. I want to do all this work for you. And God says, you don't have to do it. Whoo! Man, praise God. Man, I, it was in my heart, God. It was in my heart. I wanted to do it. Acceptance is the byproduct of submission. It embraces the disappointment of plans not coming to fruition. David had great plans, but they weren't God's plans. And so here's where we see his heart, where he says, do you want God? I'm with you, whatever it is. You want to shut down my plans? I'm in. You have different plans? I'm in. What I'm not going to do is I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to become disgruntled. I'm not going to stop serving you just because the plans were redirected. I'm going to honor you with all of my life. The best known psalm, arguably, is Psalm 23. Even people that don't attend church can probably recite part of it. And the beginning of it is, the Lord is my... Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. 
If you, if you truly are allowing the Lord to be your shepherd, you, you understand that like he's taking care of me thus far. And, that, and that's what David's heart is in this, in this uh, uh, Thanksgiving prayers. He says, you know what, man, you've taken care of me so far. I don't have anything to worry about. Why, why, why should I be worried? You've, you've defeated my enemies. You've taken care of me. I've walked with you. I'm not worried about it. Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. David was submitted to God in his life, and this instance was no different. And again, I always have to say these little caveats. His life wasn't perfect. <laughs> We're going to see some of those challenges uh, in 2 Samuel. But David, in this instance, trusts in God and what he is doing. Uh, the, the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, many of you know this scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. He shall direct your paths. Ah, this is the Matt translation, the MKG version. <laughs> Just got to trust in the Lord, man. Like, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm going to trust the guy that created the earth. Yeah. Pretty sure he knows all the details and that I don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the one that created me. I'm going to trust the one that saved me. I'm not going to trust in my own plans. I'm not going to trust in my own abilities. I have made it abundantly clear that giving it into my own hands, I will ruin it. I will ruin it, right? I'll Tommy boy it up. Psalm 130, some of y'all got that reference. Uh, Psalm 138, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. I love this next one. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. You know, I, I, and, and you know what's hard is that when I'm, when I'm preaching these sermons to you guys, inevitably, it, like, my own life comes into it because as I'm preaching it, you, I say things and you guys think about your life. You don't think about my life, right? Don't. It's boring. But when I read it, I think about my own life, and I, and I think about, like, Crystal and I's relationship where the, the plan of how we met each other and how I thought I would meet my wife and honestly the type of wife that I thought that I would have and the type of wife that I was, would need uh, is, is not what I thought. Like if 10 years before I met her, or even five years or two years, if you said, man, what kind of woman are you going to marry and what is her character traits going to be? I'm, I would list a bunch of stuff. And, and a lot of those things are, are not the character traits that, that Crystal has in the way in which God has used them in my life. Because he knew what I needed in my life. Oh my gosh. Like God, like I swear before the foundations of the earth, he said, there's only going to be one person on this planet that can handle this man. <laughs> and, and God gave her this special, special ability to be able to deal with me. And she has some of the most beautiful character traits that, that like, I didn't even know, like, and, and we've talked about this before where, where I, I say, man, if I ever had a list, um, and I'll give you one of the examples, like, I never thought about for the woman that I would marry that she had to have a, an unwavering work ethic. Like, it wasn't something that I thought about, but man, this woman has a work ethic. Dude, she will outwork anybody I know. She does, not, she does not have an off button. She just doesn't. She will go until the job is done. 
And, and, and those are one of those things where my plan uh, got redirected in my own life because you guys were probably like this too. There's people that you dated in high school or college and you thought like, oh man, this is going to be the person. And now you're like, thank God I didn't get that person. <laughs> right? I got this person. But when you're living for God, he, he realigns stuff, man. He changes stuff. We all want to control our own destinies. But at the end of the day, there's so many variables that we cannot control. We do our part, but the Lord is the one that has the final say. We just have to submit to Jesus and say, my life is not my own. It's what you desire. It's not what I desire. The Bible says in Psalms 33, 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His mercy. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, And we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Are you trusting God when your plans fall through? But are you submitting to the new plan that God puts before you? It's, it's not just like, okay, my plan doesn't matter. You have to come alongside God's plan and say, God, whatever plan that you have, I'm going to walk through it. Uh, this Romans 8, 28 verse, I, I say it in my sermons a lot throughout the years because it's one of my favorite ones. But it's not just to know it. We have to receive it as a constant encouragement to us to know that, man, if I'm following Jesus and I'm following his plan, it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. Me and, excuse me, me and Pastor Jay were down in Tacoma doing some ministry this week. And when Crystal and I, uh, I, I got back from Egypt and we we're stationed at Fort Lewis and we felt like the Lord said, start a church up here. So we went and uh, we, we thought the Lord was leading us to like Olympia, Yelm, Lacey area. And so when we were in the military for that last year, we went down there and we, um, we were planning on buying a, a house, uh, starting a church. And so I remember we put in offers on probably like 10 different properties, houses, and every single one of them shot, got shot down. And so then we were like, okay, well, not south of Fort Lewis, let's go north of Fort Lewis. And so literally we went through and looked at probably, literally probably a hundred homes. We put in offers on at least a dozen. And, and I remember one of the last houses that we put in and we, we always laugh, our poor real estate agent, Herb, this guy walked with us for a long time. We never, poor Herb. And so, <laughs> and uh, uh, there was this house that we were going to buy in, in, in Tacoma and we put in a full price offer with no contingencies. We said, we, you don't have to fix anything. We're giving you a full price offer. And they still said no. <laughs> There's like no. And, 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 uh, and me and Crystal finally were like, all right, fine. We're, we're not going to buy a house. We're just going to wait on God. And then the Lord brought Jay and Shelly to us and Molly and Randy and everything changed. But it was funny because me and Jay were down in Tacoma. And I said, man, you want to come by and see this house we almost bought? Now, this thing was a dump, dude. It, was, it, had, it had like uh, lime green paint on the trim. And it had like rose-colored shutters. It was a one-story house. And it had this big thing on the front of it that made it look like a 50s diamond. It had, a, had, like a, had like a rusty fence around it. And, and it, was, it was just not a good place. That bad, I mean, it's by Tacoma Mall, right? I mean, it's just like, it's, it, it wasn't a great area, but we believed it was God's design for us to live in this house. And so we drove by it with Jay. It looks exactly the same as when we put in an offer on it 17 years ago. And I looked at Jay and I was like, man, I'm so glad the Lord did not give us that house. 
I'm so glad that I'm not living right up from Chuck E. Cheese, man. This is it's not where I want to be. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Friend, have a heart that trusts God through the details of your life. Trust in God's provision. Who am I, O Lord, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? Hasn't he taken care of you up to this point? Can, 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 you make him, can he make himself a name through you, not you? God's promotion will come. And have you also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come? Friend, God wants more for you than you want for yourself. You have to believe it. Why did he do this in David's heart? For his sake and according to his own heart to redeem the people and make for himself a name. And as a follower of Jesus, that should be our lives. We should just want to make God famous, amen? To make for himself a name. It's not about us, it's about him. His plan, not our plan. If he gives us a new plan, we submit to his plan and walk with it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I'd like to give you an opportunity to become a Christian. It's quite simple. Either you're living for Jesus or you're not. Either you've given your heart to him or you haven't. And, and, and the offer of Christ is quite simple. It's forgiveness of all your sins. It's to be set free. No guilt or shame of the, over the past where he says, I want to forgive you of everything. And all the asks is, will you live for me? Will you live for me? No longer your plans, but my plans. And if you've never made that decision before, if you've never said, I want to be a Christian, I want to be a follower of Christ, I want to live for him, I want to be forgiven of my sins. If you've never made that decision before and you'd like to do it for the first time, we'd like to pray for you, pray with you. Would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me, I want to live for Jesus. Is there anybody that needs to do that for the first time? Thank you, Lord. We always like to ask too, if you know, if you know the truth and you've been walking, uh, you've been wa- uh, walking life away from Jesus, and maybe you maybe you made a declaration of faith when you were younger, or just you know five ten years ago, and you've been so lost. You say, "Man, I I don't know what happened. I I am not living the way that I need to live. I know the truth. I'm done, friend." God has not forgot about you. He loves you. Just turn around and fall into his arms. And so if you need to come back to Jesus today, we'd like to pray with you as well. Is there anybody that would like to rededicate their life to Jesus today? You can raise your hand. Amen. I see that hand. Father, we pray that we would be people that would live wholly and completely for you. No one else, just you, God. Not our plans, your plans. And we will submit to your plans. We will submit to your power. We will submit to your grace. Father, we praise you and we thank you. We glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. And say, amen. 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 Let's go ahead and stand up.
This is a big week at FVC. So remember, Monday to Wednesday is water fast. We have worship night on Wednesday night. And if you haven't been to one of our game nights, you guys should come. It's just, all it is is fun. It's just you just laugh and have a good time. So make sure you mark your calendar up this week. Um, before you start fellowshipping, make sure you get your kids. And then head over to the AMC. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this word that God's, that went forth, Lord. We just pray that your name be known, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for watching the Faith and Victory live stream. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please check us out online at faithandvictory.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and we'd love to connect with you there. If you'd like to financially support Faith and Victory Church's ministry, please text FAVC to 77977. God bless you and keep you. From the FVC Live Team.